Hello, I'm Nicole Lamb, and I am the demise of a dream. Ooh, I don't know if I could beat that. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Chris Cusso. I'm a writer at TrustyHenchman.com, and uh, I am the king of longing. Ooh, yes, very good. Yeah, if you yeah. haven't guessed yet, this is our next Berserkening episode. 15. Episode 15. 15. Yes. I'm going to say that with confidence. <laughs> yes. I, I will roll with it because you're the editor. <laughs> you could sneak in any other episode in any order if you wanted That's to. That's right. So, yes. So, this is the next installment of us going through rereading the deluxe editions of Berserk, which include three digest, you know, three original digests in each of them, and a nice oversized edition that just will break your heart even harder with its and beauty. break your head if you hit somebody with it that's true actually not that much they're not as heavy as i would like well they're I mean, newsprint right they're kind of a harder stock newsprint yeah yeah they're the nice glossy newsprint yeah i guess i guess you can kill somebody with it so it's fine you could at least maybe stun them which i think is fine it gives you a few seconds to get a leg yes. up yes 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 which might be all you need <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, you know how in, like, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and other movies where they kill people with pillows, uh, there's a, you know, they, they, they uh, suffocate somebody with a pillow. Mm -hmm. I just want to suffocate people with, like, two copies of Berserk. <laughs> just shove it into their face as hard as I can. You can so, do, yeah. like, some some of the the kill scenes in this comic we I, I will mention some of them but they're they seem very creative even if it's just slashing somebody the way that somebody falls <laughs> apart into pieces is interesting how it's depicted how, how many copies of the berserk hardcovers would we have to duct tape together to get them to be as big as guts's sword <laughs> Ooh, i don't think there's enough hardcovers out yet Okay. My, I think yeah. volume six is on the way. I'm waiting for one of my other manga to come in uh, this week, uh, mm -hmm. and I'll probably get my shipment the week after. So, nice. although you guys will all hear this, and I will have probably already devoured volume six, but we'll see. Just unhinge your jaw and swallow it whole. Yeah, that's that's what I need. I need a a detachable jaw. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so as usual, I've made some notes. Um, some are interesting and some aren't, and I'll go through those, and hopefully that'll help our discussion. So if you guys are all reading along, volume three, volume seven, eight, and nine in volume three, and is it going to give me a chapter thing? Yeah, so it's got some Casca, Prepared for Death, chapters one through three, Survival, Campfire of Dreams, Ooh. where Berserk, Berserk, where Guts talks about special things. Special things. That will, now this is... that will change the course of time. Yes, yes. And now, so just, just so that you and the listeners get used to it, we we reread or I reread these like two to three weeks back and then we kind of delayed ourselves on recording. So yeah. my memory is a little fresh, half fresh, not so fresh. So uh, I'm pretty sure we also in this sequence dealt with the bit of story where Guts gets his name, the Hundred Man Killer. Uh, yeah, I because we're at the end of Casca having a really bad period. Yes. And, and uh, then, and then, yeah, so we'll get into that, but hold on, let me go through the, the thing here. We got the battle for Doldry, um, one through four. So the uh, band of Hawk are still working their way up through the ranks, um, by 
destroying humans. Um, and then volume four is 10, 11, and 12 digests, and those do Sparks from a Sword Tip, Infiltrating Windham 1 and 2, uh, Festival's Eve 1 and 2, Thousand Year Fiefdom, Reunion in the Abyss, A Walkthrough, and the Bakiraka chapters Ooh. 1 and 2, as well as Flower of the Stone Castle. <laughs> Reunion in the Abyss sounds like a really great uh, commercial like an uh, advertising commercial from hell to get like a romantic getaway cruise. You know? I think that's Spendia where we, reunion. I think that's where we, we will vacation. Yes. <laughs> you and I. Spend your reunion in the abyss. <laughs> when we can see each other in person reunion in the abyss. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So um, I know I had mentioned in the last one that uh, one of my favorite lines so far in Berserk is when um, Casca gets called out for being on her period from that like blowhard guy, the Kowalbowitz or whatever guy who's yeah. like, my family has the best chopping thing of the did a thousand Technique. finger swords or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And he's got a, yeah. a, a sword, uh, shark uh, armor on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great Just shark a ridiculous armor. Ridiculous man. Um, yeah. So that's that's my favorite thing. Um this really does skip a lot because I found myself reading volume three and just kind of being like, yes, and not really finding that I needed some notes. <laughs> right. I mean, a lot of it's super action orientated. It is. Um, yeah. And so it's it's entertaining, but it's difficult to, you know, to uh, chop up each bits of action and find a lot to talk about other than guts cut man. Good. He cut <laughs> real good. Yes. Um, uh, I mean, one thing to note as far as um, chronology is concerned, just between these two books, uh, when Casca is trying to overcome a really bad period, which I can relate to, it's mm. part of why we've put this berserk off. <laughs> so it's pretty <laughs> fitting. He kills a hundred men because as yeah, they're yeah. trying to, uh, they fall off a cliff together, Guts and Casca, and then he tries to take care of her. He realizes that she was bleeding and that was why she was the way she was. So he has a softer side and he tries to take care of her. And of course, they're still in this adversarial relationship. So she <laughs> wakes up bitching and bitching at each other. Yeah. Yep. And she's just like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, and it's just like mm. and he's just like, "Ugh, women, you know, <laughs> And uh, and then as they're making their way back up the hill, uh, the Kowabowitz guy, which I never know how to say, sorry. <laughs> That's um, the best way to say it. Yeah, <laughs> Kowabowitz. Him and all his men, like, come and, and circle them. And, you know, Casca is trying to fight, but she's still weakened. And he's like, you need to get the heck out of here. Um, and you need to, you know, go to the Band of Hawk. And so he takes on 100 men. This is where he gets the, the, the name, the 100 man killer. And he keeps on chopping and chopping and chopping. Yeah. And and where the chronology comes into play is later towards um, the middle of volume four, he takes on a really huge, literally huge uh, guy who seems like he might be impossible to beat. And he turns to Casca and says, like, this time I'll know, you know, I'll know to run instead of like taking on the hundred men kind of thing. But he never does that because he's guts. Oh, he no. he can't he cannot not fight. <laughs> That's like his core of being. But yep. it's just interesting where he's just like, yes, I learned, and then he's like, never mind, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I learned I could kill a hundred fuckers. So, yeah, so <laughs> bring so... <laughs> on the hundred and ten, and we'll work this up slowly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
will Dragon Ball Z it and put me in some extra gravity. Just put some extra swords on my arms and legs. Weigh me down. <laughs> until I have a suit of nothing but swords. Oh, man. That would be the yeah. best. Does that happen mm-hmm. later? <laughs> kind of. Almost. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So, anyway, they, you know, they win Oof. against... How do you go to the bathroom? Ooh. In a suit of swords. Well, Very if you're carefully. a dude, it's probably way easier. I mean, if you're somebody who can stand up and pee. It is, but there's all the more chances to take off something vital. It does uh, seem like if you like tried to, if you had like a like a skirt, like a Galactus kind of skirt, and you could yes. move the swords from left to right, <laughs> like that would be dangerous because it's like there's... it's like a dick guillotine, <laughs> like just waiting yeah, to happen. It's... You're like, I just want to pee. Dick guillotine, but I'm kind of picturing it has like a pull cord, like a like a window does. Oh yes. You know, so it just kind of uh, opens up like a theater window. Yeah. So you do need two hands to pee because you need to like hold the window open. But your hands are covered in swords. Oh. Your gloves are swords. No, but you've got to have your, your palms free. Like you can have swords on top maybe, but maybe they don't go further out than your fingers. So then you can make fists and then you could just punch people with your sword hands. See, I'm kind of picturing Scary Terry from uh, <laughs> uh, Rick and Morty, uh, the Freddy Krueger knockoff, oh, where he yeah. has little finger swords. Mm. I guess yours makes more sense. <laughs> In a, in a in a discussion that's completely preposterous and makes no sense to begin with. Sure. Yes, I'm the logical one. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Good old Nicole. Yeah, good old Nicole logic. bringing the logic. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As you were saying, sorry, I tangented. They defeat, you know, they get in the, the king's good graces and they are going to become knights and mm-hmm. brought into the fold they're they're now like aristocrats pretty much right or sure. what is, is it aristocrats i don't know if that's yeah. what it is but they're they could be aristocats <laughs> somebody a cat on a piano that'd be weird oh griffith but has a cat that makes total sense to me guts has a big old angry cat he'd yeah. be like a main coon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yes, but they become, uh, oh, yeah, they, they kind of get elevated. and <laughs> So people in the castle are really pissed off. The queen wants him to be gone. And she's pissed that Julius is dead and all that shit. So they try to poison Griffith. Yeah. Then they all meet in this little side room where they're all like, yes, this is great. Mm, yes, aren't we evil? Isn't it wonderful? Yes. <laughs> and uh, then all of a sudden, everything just gets set on fire and they can't get out of the door because um, little Egghead Man was kind yeah. of a double agent. So he's there helping with the manipulation. But then he's like, mm, excuse me real quick. And then he gets out and then everybody dies because yep. Griffith um, said, I'm going to take your daughter away uh, and whatever and he he pretty much like blackmails him or coerces him to yeah. to do that he used the hawk stare that we he talked used about the hawk last stare, time. but so about the hawk stare <laughs> yes the whole reason i'm setting this up is not just to inform our listeners but to say that there's this amazing panel and mm-hmm. you're going to get that a lot in this episode Mm-hmm. Where after the queen sees it's Griffith, because she she runs out to the balcony and like if she jumped, she would die. So she's just kind of like stuck in this building, burning to death. Um, right. But she sees it's Griffith and he lets his fucking hair down 
<laughs> and just stares at her like, yeah, bitch, die. Mm. And it's so glorious. Just him letting his hair down is like, I like that. <laughs> it's a power move again. You know, Griffith's got these power moves. It's like. He usually has it down, though, doesn't he? Yes, but I when don't... he goes to these these nice little affairs, he usually ties it back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he yeah. had it tied back, but. There's warrior mode and then there's yeah. uh, aristocrat mode. That's right. So he was in aristocrat mode, except when those bitches were burning. And then he was like, <laughs> and it was glorious. Your ashes will be my conditioner. <laughs> yeah, that's probably how it stays so so beautiful, you know. Yeah, so ashy. So ashy. <laughs> yeah, I guess because it is. Well, it's not quite ashy, but it is. No, it's light. Yeah. it's pale white. Yeah. yeah. Somebody gave him a fright when he was a youngin. So. <laughs> okay, so Griffith falls. Ooh, okay. He also walks away from the fire. Which is really great. It's kind of like, you know, walking away from explosions. So yeah, it's I just Griffith's always, you know, a step ahead, which which is great, but you know, there's always times where you're like, is is it gonna always be this way? Is he just gonna continue his way to the kingdom or is something going to change? Shift in the winds. Mm -hmm. And well, it does eventually. Shifty shift. Well, so so Guts decides that um He's going to leave because he wants to be best friends with Griffith. We talked about this before in the yeah. uh, in other podcasts where <laughs> you uh, you abandon all of your friends so that you can live your dream so that your best friend could know that he's really your best friend. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. So Guts leaves. And and this is a, a theme that that happens um, from time and time again, where he like learns lessons well after he's like burned bridges, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And w one of the things that you know he's been with the band of Hawk for so long, he's he's never really alone ever. And so when he leaves and devastates his best friend Griffith, to where Griffith will then make very bad life choices or good life choices for him. I don't know. I guess you can. Yeah. Eh, mm. We're, mm, yeah. I'm always we'll so divided that on later. that because it's bad yeah. for a lot, for very of lots of reasons, <laughs> for very well, lots of reasons. It's also bad because, I mean, technically, we're going to have to later on discuss what it means, to, what what counts as alive for Griffith. That's true. Yes. That's a good point. Well, yes. so Guts but is anyway. in, yeah, so Guts is in the forest. He has an experience there where he meets the Skull Knight. Yeah, and but before that, uh, before he meets him, he like he's hearing some things, and he's like he's like forgotten the sense of unease unless his sword is right next to him. That's what he <laughs> yeah. says. But you know what? I don't know that there's ever a time where he doesn't have his sword next to him. Uh, when he goes to the fancy aristocrat parties. Oh, I guess so. But he's yeah. in the forest, so he's gonna have his sword next to him. Yeah. If he's sleeping in the tent with the band of hawk, he's gonna have his sword next to him. Yeah. If he's fucking Casca, he's gonna have his sword next to him. No, I'm just kidding. He, <laughs> I mean, well, I, I mean, think she he is, is his, she is the sword. Um, he's gonna have two swords. <laughs> he's he gonna fuck one of them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he'll, <laughs> he'll use one to put leverage the other one. That's I right. don't know. Um, and I mean, jumping ahead here, he actually didn't have the sword during the uh, eclipse. Which was an interesting thing. Yeah. Well, doesn't he? He has a broken sword. Maybe he grabs some. He, no, he no, no. He has like a dagger. He has a dagger. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 
because he um, fights wild. So, so yeah. Um, let's see here. He also has regret and still feels he is moved by Griffith. Therefore, still could not be an equal. What? Also, he has regret. Still. Yeah. That's most of the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> most of the book, he has regret. He is moved by Griffith. Therefore, he could not be as equal. He has many regrets. Okay. Regrets. Much regrets. Yeah. So what what I love about the Skull Knight and Zod is um, they arrive, they do some vague cryptic thing of like, beware, beware. And he's just like, um, okay, I don't, I don't know beware what this is. What? Yeah, where, beware what. He tells him he's the closest to death, and therefore he's the one who's most equipped to escape, which is an right. interesting thing. It plays into, um, plays into when we get to the eclipse. He was born within death, right? His mother was died. Yeah. His mother was died. I'm doing great today. <laughs> I love it. I love his mother was died. Yes. <laughs> his his mother died. And he mother was... much died, many regrets. <laughs> Very corpse, you know. Um, Very corpse, so corpse, so corpse. So because he was, you know, born of a corpse, he he's known nothing but fighting. He's always been around death. He's always created death. All those types of things. It gives him the most upper hand to be able to escape it. He's always yeah. the closest to it too, because he's always in battle, which means he could die at any time. The mercenary life is one. He even says himself that is always like you always you need to be prepared to die as a mercenary mm -hmm. and i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit guts remembers exactly what zod said a year ago when he's like hey shit's gonna go down and it's gonna be a fight that you're not gonna be able to survive and he remembers like word for word what this guy said even though he has no context never understands really what he's saying but right. he's able to replay it. So, like, when he gets to Wild, he's like, is this the death that I cannot escape? And it's like, nah, right. sweetie. Nah. Just wait. <laughs> it's it's coming. Why, See, wild is, is the appetizer to the main yes. course here. <laughs> what I love is that it, it, um, <laughs> it's impressive that he remembers his thing from a year ago, word for word. But, you know, these are a certain point in time where he's not distracted too much. But us, as in our millennial years, are, if somebody gave us that dire warning, we'd be like, ah, ah I didn't have any coffee today. Hold on a second. <laughs> Sorry, Zach, um, could you say that again? And then he's like, whoop, and he's out. And you're like, shit. Shit. I didn't write it down. <sighs> um, Some... Quantal equinox? Something. <laughs> Something dies? <laughs> Whatever. I'm sure it's probably I'm not sure if, that important. He was probably yeah, just if, talking if it shit. was important. I'm sure I would have remembered it. <laughs> he, you know, he has a little extra uh, flourish to his way of being. So that was just probably Zod just being a fancy bitch. You know, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Guts decides that in order to be Griffith's best friend, he has to leave and figure out what his like dream is and live his own dream, right? So yeah. he's like, I'll get through all of these battles, and once. Once, you know, we've accomplished our goal as the band of Hawk, then I'll, I'll, I'll peace out. Mm -hmm. And Casca gets wise to this at one of, at the, at the little ball that they have. And she's like, oh shit, you're going to fucking leave, aren't you? Mm -hmm. And they have a little moment. The campfire of dreams is where he goes up on the hill and he's looking over all of the camp and there's all these little lights going. And he's like, you know, it's like every one of those is, is the, the dream, you know, that, that's lighting yeah. Griffith's path or whatever. I don't know. 
they feed Griffith's larger fire. Drain. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So he's like, it's the most poetic I think Guts ever gets. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. At least during the Band of Hawk, maybe you know some more fancy, fancy Guts times, but. Yeah. So they accomplish their goal. And then he's like, all right, I'm out. And, you know, he has this wonderful talk with Judo. The more and more I read this or watch the material, I just love Judo so much. He's just like, he's such a grounded person. He's very perceptive, which makes sense. He's a thief. He should be, you know, he should be a very um, highly observant person, be able to like, you know. And he he got time to shine during this one when they had to make their big escape. You yeah. Know? Oh, yes. The big escape. Yes. That one was that was really cool. We'll we'll get into that down the road. And so he's like, hey, you and Casca should get together. Like, uh, you know, he I know you like her kind of thing. And he's like, Mm -hmm. well, but she likes Griffith. So that's just not, you know. And I think Juno likes Casca. Oh, you do? I think he does. Yeah. I think he has a, a a certain kind of yearning for her, but he loves her so much that he understands that, like, well, she's going to be happier with guts. Oh, interesting. So, I don't think I yeah. ever picked up on that. Reread when when you get to the equinox, uh, uh, to the eclipse, and uh, when they're trying to survive, just pay attention. To okay. That. Okay. Yeah. I will. Um, I've also been trying to look out for when you said all those guys show up. I still haven't seen all the guys, you know, like all the little <laughs> monsters we've seen. Wait, I can't remember. What was I saying? Well, what we were talking, guys? I think, in the first one where you said it's really cool to reread it because you, we not only see like in the oh, Guardians the of Desire, you see all of, you know, the God Hand, but then you also and you see Femto. But you also, see, I think, at some point in the eclipse or the advent or yeah. whatever, you see yeah, all right the- before, right before the like, there you'll get to a sequence. You should have gotten it here, um, where you see like the giant snake man in the woods, and the snake man's like the first monster okay. in the series. Yeah. Okay, so I'll have to go back and look because maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I started paying attention closer to when when the event happened, and I just wasn't seeing a lot of those creatures pop up. But oh, it must have been around in the forests and stuff like that. Cause we'll hit that. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit in a little bit. Okay. Yeah. okay. We'll circle back. Yeah. So let's just get through Nicole's um, stupid notes here. Um, so Griffith, they have a battle. Griff, Griffith and Guts have a battle. And because Griffith is like, you belong to me, you know, you fight to get in or you fight for your freedom both ways, you know, getting into the hawk, getting out of the hawk. And Guts is uh, a lot better as a fighter. He he beats Griffith. He's he's mm. probably the best fighter maybe ever. <laughs> mm. And uh, and then he walks away. And Griffith is completely devastated. He falls to he's his shattered. knees. Shattered. He's absolutely shattered. Absolutely shattered. Mm-hmm. And what do you do when you get shattered? What fuck do you do? A you do what Peaches says, and you fuck the pain away. So you go <laughs> and you knock on uh, little virgin Charlotte's. Uh, <laughs> Charlotte's window and you give it to her hard like Ice Cube today was a good day where that bitch passes out for like the whole (laughs) night you gotta shake her fucking head and be like come on bitch time to get out this hotel so like (laughs) what is interesting is he fucking hot stares before he he takes uh, he starts uh, like making out with her and stuff like that which I thought was really funny because he does that when he's about to kill somebody and he also does that when he's about to slay that pussy (laughs) 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 <laughs> this is where we earn our mature audience later. Hi, hello. My name's Nicole. Nice to meet you. Uh, so he does that. I said, you know, I think it's like his animal side. And it's also before he does bad things. So 
you know. At first, she's like, oh, shit. Like, what is happening? And then she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's in my notes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> yeah, so he pretty much, he says it more poetic than, like, Peaches says it. Peaches is the, the musician who made the song fuck the pain away if you ever saw lost in translation you hear the song in that movie um he says take all the frightening and sad things and cast them into the fire which is a very poetic way of just saying fuck the pain away Mm -hmm. in my opinion uh but he's just you know poetic so he is i said he either did the best job or the worst job she passed the fuck out like in ice cubes (laughs) today was a good day video i said it must have been good she slept through the night (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm That's a good job. I think that's a good job. And then, um, so... Then he gets his ass arrested. Yeah, this is where everything goes to shit. This is where Guts makes a decision <laughs> that then cascades into things going terribly wrong. The homicide division showed up because he slayed that pussy. That's right. <laughs> so one of the, the the maids, the, I don't know, house people, whatever they're called, yeah. she sees that there's some boning happening because apparently keyholes, you can just see everything through a keyhole in this world. (laughs) Yes. And she tells, she tattles. Um, I don't know what good that does her, but I guess she feels pretty good about that. I hope she does. That stupid bitch. And (laughs) Charlotte needed that. Okay. I'm just team Charlotte right now. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. it was a little aggressive, but it worked for her. They both needed that. They both needed it. Yeah, it worked for her and it awoken something deep inside her. Yes, called an orgasm. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is what that feels like. Okay, good to know. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the king freaks out and, and... He goes straight up crazy. Oh, he goes straight up crazy. And this actually affects him for the long haul because a year passes and that man looks like a fragile old man because of everything that's happened. Well, and he also looks like that because he snapped so hard that uh, he revealed what he was secretly hiding the entire time, yes. was, which was that he lusted for his daughter. Yep. And he tries to do stuff, and she kicks his face in and uh, hates him completely. And so that's part of, part of like why he starts to just kind of fall apart even more so. Yeah. And then he uses that to take it out on Griffith and gets a special torturer just for Griffith. But shall we say that the reason why the king fully came to this realization, like it came to the surface and he felt he needed to act on it, was because he brings Griffith down to the torture chamber and is starting to lash him and and like you know yell at him like how could you do this or whatever and griffith comes back and says it's because you want to fuck her and he's mm. the one who who brings this out of the king to right. where the king just starts going crazy gets in a fury and goes goes to charlotte's room and tries to and tries to take her mm-hmm. this is obviously a a <laughs> A different way that it manifested for the king, but there is a thing in our personal society, and maybe it's just American. Well, that's probably not just American, but this thing where there's these father, the fatherly overprotectiveness of their daughter's vaginas, where it's like, it, it happens even in like modern, you know, white men, you know, I've seen it where it's this weird thing where they, they if they had a son, they wouldn't you know, think about their sexuality. But if they have a daughter, they're super protective 
of their daughter. And it's not in a way of like, I want to make sure that you are in an empowered position in your sex life so that you don't get taken advantage of. It's like, no, that pussy's mine. And it's really fucking weird. And I've seen it again and again in different people or in media or something like that. And I think it's just disgusting. And it's a thing that nobody talks about. It's a thing that nobody thinks about. It's just the subconscious thing that maybe is like left over from when you know, you sold your daughters for something and so you needed to be really protective of them. I don't know if that's something that can hang out in your genetic, you know, pool, but it's a thing that's like in human beings and a lot of them. And it takes something for a father to really break that mold. I've seen some great articles over the years of fathers being like, I've noticed this thing. It's really, really weird. Please stop doing that. And here's ways that you can empower your daughters. So Mm. that just made me think of that. I just don't know what that is. It's fucking weird. And obviously in this instance, the, the, (laughs) she looks a lot like his wife who passed away. Dead wife. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The first dead wife. The first dead wife, not the (laughs) political wife (laughs) who had some, you know, some Julius on the side, but the wife that he actually loved. And I think part of that is is an extension for him, you know, like his his wife is gone. His daughter's there. His daughter's so important to him. Yes, she also looks a lot like his wife. There's this weird kind of line that is getting a little blurry that he was able to handle and just became an overprotective father. But then Griffith is like, by the way. You dirty, yeah. you dirty dog. And I also, <laughs> I also think Mira just Mira just needed to. Uh, uh, the king otherwise was a bland character, mm-hmm. and he becomes an interesting antagonist to push things along, but he still would be a relatively bland villain. Um, so he he needed to give him some extra like mm. level of degenerativeness, yeah, to just kind of like just really kind of enforce that in there that this guy is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, I said. Um, there's so many things to give Charlotte a complex about sex. The man she had some late night diddles about finally gives her a proper fucking, and he's tortured for a year. Then her dad comes and tries to fulfill his gross desires. Poor Charlotte. She actually, she's actually a, does okay. I think she actually gets to be a stronger person. She's an interesting because character. of it. Yeah, so. she gets a lot of different moments uh, as we proceed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then your favorite, uh, Salat appears, the enigmatic yes. warrior from a strange land, and you like yeah. this guy, yeah? I like this guy, it, partially because besides the uh, skeleton knight, he's one of the first things that when I. Uh, started reading the books after the anime i was just like what there's a whole nother character with a whole different arc that exposes like an entire new part of the world mm-hmm. um so to me silent is not only just an interesting uh character as he evolves throughout the series but he's also just kind of a nostalgic ping of that feeling for me whenever i see him i'm like oh yeah this is when the divergence of the content really hit yeah. And um, it just really expands the world quite a bit. Um, because, yeah, I mean, he's he's a D-bag. He's a, he's a total just uh, arrogant prick. Um, but he's an interesting warrior. He allowed 
for the action scenes to get a bit more interesting because otherwise you just get standard medieval fights with swords mm-hmm. or monster fights with swords and now you got this guy pulling out some weird ass assassin weapons and stuff yeah um which and... only judo can can figure out that oh shit you guys need to pay attention yeah he's like you gotta talk yeah because um, well, he did... he's on his like campfire of dreams thing you know he, yeah. he comes across this guy battles in a like king you know king's like you guys battle and whatever and he meets him he beats him and then he gets word that the band of hawk is in trouble so he goes back and that's where he sees silent again yep what i love is that i think i i might be misremembering this but uh juno kind of you know like wait heads up those things are coming back yep but he didn't have to warn guts guts just catches him on his fingers he's like these are neat <laughs> and uh <laughs> uh but he he doesn't completely disregard Silet's abilities, and because there's plenty of dangerous parts of that fight, mm-hmm. um, but he eventually sends him out on his ass. And uh, but the the interesting thing about that too is that so Silet is that first introduction that there are other nations that are not like this strictly kind of white bread European, and then uh, we sooner. Uh, sooner or later get the um a group of assassins that are from the same lands yep the bakaraka the bakaraka and um but that's jumping a little bit yeah so what's uh you know we always talk about um griffith's hawk stare but there is a look that is referenced many times with guts where he gets that look in his eyes too which is usually him getting that like bloodlust for fighting and killing and it's his kind of hawk stare. And Judo, a lot of times, is the one who notices it. It's like, nope, he's still, he's he's in the game. I see that <laughs> look there. in his eyes. So Step back just a bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then, um, <laughs> so <laughs> Guts finishes that fight with uh, Salat or whatever, however you want to say it. And everyone is like, yeah, Guts! Everyone, Guts is back! Oh, we're so excited! Yay, yay, yay! And then, so after a year of not seeing someone... Guts's first thing in seeing Rickett is, hi, Rickett, still alive, huh? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Rickett's the kid, and I guess it's just one of those things like, oh, kid, you're still alive. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, Guts, I'm alive. It's just like, it's a weird thing to say after a year. You didn't get trampled <laughs> by a horse yet. Good going, yeah, kid. Yeah. <laughs> just terrible. Uh, <laughs> I thought one of the diseases would have gotten you by now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so a difference between, like, watching the animations versus the book is somewhere in the animation, and I can't remember if this is the original or that three-part Golden Age arc, because they do take different bits from the manga. Like, if you watched both of those, you'd get a good uh, smattering of most, I think, of the manga. Yeah. Um, But in one of those... Like, they don't really show Gaston, who is in, um, like, Guts's, I don't know, whatever. His, his, com- his company. Yeah. Is, and yeah. they end up having a bit of a close relationship, but you only get that through, like, a couple or a few different panels, like a handful of panels throughout the manga. But when you're yeah. watching the animation, it's just like, Gaston! And you're like, who's Gaston? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's yeah. this guy? Um, He's slightly drawn uniquely enough that you remember him. Yeah. Uh, although I sometimes get him confused with... Uh, Porcus. 
Corcus, yeah. Yeah. Um, He's got different hair. <laughs> different hair, <laughs> yeah. Difference. But yeah, in the manga, there's all these like just quick bits of like, weren't you going to open your clothing store? And he's like, nah, man, too hot for that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you get... um. You get two panels during that time where it's like Gaston is like so happy to see Guts. And so you yes. get these like little bits where you can get people's relationships without it like going into a whole thing, which I like. There's a couple great panels that it's not only Gaston, but it's everybody in that company. And you get these like grown ass, big ass warrior men. And they're just kind of like, oh, 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 oh yeah. Back. You get yeah. a lot of that in these two volumes because shit yeah. is like the worst that it could ever be for the Band of Hawk in these two oh, yeah. volumes. <laughs> but what I love about that, too, is just that you never get to see him spend any time with them other than maybe randomly going to have a drink. Yeah. But like they're all so willing to die for him and love him so much that you can either take that in one of two fan fiction routes. <laughs> one, they're just so, so happy about his macho-ness mm. that they, 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 they're overwhelmed with emotion when he comes back. Two... He spent all this other time that we never got to see just spending, like, every other day with these fellas. And, like, he knows all of their ins and outs. He knows how to treat them and make them happy. You know, he's, like, a, a really good supportive warrior dad to a bunch of overgrown children. I think that's kind of how I take Although it. Although he never he never talks about them. I could definitely see them being, like, he's got the biggest sword. He's the toughest guy. We need to be his best friend now. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it has to lean more towards Alpha Swordmail, uh, because otherwise, for the entirety of the next like you know ten plus years of his lives, uh, his lives, his life, he never bothers to remember any of them. <laughs> <laughs> he'll 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 maybe have an off memory of like Pippin or somebody, and he's just like, oh, that sucked. But like, random dude behind Gaston number three doesn't get a doesn't get a nod at any point no my, my thought is he probably had a few people that he was good friends with you know mm-hmm. like he's close I think he's close with judo Corcus is just there I don't know why he's just there sometimes just to be a shit I think yeah. he's good friends with Gaston at least uh you know there's probably like a tier system where it's like these are the people I hang out with like maybe at the bar on a general week and then here's people who I see like I hang out with once a week or once a month or something like that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, no. I just like I just like those those little things that you get through the manga and that you might miss when you watch the animated because it doesn't have a chance to have a couple more of those moments that make you think like, oh, Gaston, he's 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 someone who guts maybe cares yeah. about or remember yeah. at least remembered his name and that he wanted to open a clothing store. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's gonna be like uh guest on clothing yeah okay cool 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 how's yeah, that going yeah. yeah okay great god i hope that 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 there's somebody online somewhere who's made like a whole series of like mini fan fiction comics that are like all about gaston's clothing <gasps> store I love and that. Yes. and stuff like that take yes. different moments out of the timeline and then make divergent universes where everybody doesn't die a horrible death yeah um but um or even yes. just like when Gaston did have his clothing store because when they became knights he was able to set up some stuff they were kind of being able to not be fighters all the time they were able to look at doing other things with their life Gaston did open a clothing store so you could just have those little moments where Gaston had the clothing store and then like the last comic would just be him being like got to get out it's too hot <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what what i i am taking like a subtle joy in right now is that uh any of our listeners who might might be who have thank you stuck this far through this episode if you're not a berserk fan and they don't have any visual concept of gaston so they're replacing him with gaston from beauty and the beast <laughs> well i mean it's just kind of a meatier version with like a smaller nose i think but yeah, and uh, they, I think they both have a, a good butt chin, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Gaston has yeah. some more prominent features to his face, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's worth noting here real quick, so now we're at that point where they're reunited. Yeah. Um, they're going to make up their plans to go retrieve Griffith from jail, and so they split the team. They split the hawk. And, uh, there's, I think there's like three splits, three or four. Um, but there's, there's like the cool core team, like the, the, the best of the best, which is like Guts, Casca, uh, Pippin, Pippin, Judo, and Judo. And then they've got some backup people waiting for their escape. And then there's like a contingent of people, I think, that are the backup to the backup. And then there's a contingent that's just the, you go over there now. And that's where they send Rickard. Right. And um, would you prefer that we talk a little bit about Rickert now, or would you prefer we go towards the direction of the Great Escape? Because um, Rickert gets into the monster talk. That's true. Maybe just a quick recap on uh, Guts and Casca having sex, because I can't ever get enough of talking about that. <laughs> okay, you, you you lead that one. Go ahead. <laughs> it's just real quick. It's just real quick. Here, let's see. <laughs> Okay, so I feel like this is the closest to an erotic turn-on moment that Guts has, and it's when the band of Hawk are describing how much of a resilient, strong leader Casca's been. The moment he heard, she kept going, even with five arrow wounds. He was like, (laughs) oh shit, I'm getting a little Mm -hmm. horny right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm, I think I really on this reread I definitely caught up uh, caught on that where I was just like he was kind of like oh shit Casca I knew you were bad <laughs> but sh- shit shit yeah and I, I guess the only other thing is just like the gu- the guts and Casca sex scene it goes in lots of different directions where he is reliving his trauma of being um sexually molested as well as killing his father or his you know his uh adoptive type father that he looked at um Gambino, and he all of that happens while he's um, having sex with Casca, um, mm. and it starts tender, but then these things happen to him, and he has this post traumatic stress uh, moment where he's just completely out of it, and he starts like choking Casca. They do end up calming down and then having like regular sex, but the the whole gist of this the sex scene moment is really them being able to be completely vulnerable with each other, both physically and emotionally. Guts is yeah. able to admit to somebody what happened, what he did, and what's happened to him, and I just think that's actually a really uh, important moment. You know, because yes. a lot of these people have to be strong, they have to be resilient, they have to hold it all together. And Guts, of course, is like the epitome of that. But him mm. being able to let his guard down with with Casca, I think, is a really beautiful moment for both of them. Because Casca's yeah. at the end of her rope, she wants to die. She's like, just go on without me, I'm too exhausted to, to continue this. Um, but they find strength in each other throughout that moment, so... Yeah. See, it was and tender. then they bone. Yeah. yeah, and then and then the boning happens. See, I can I can also be, you know, <laughs> I don't know what what the it's word is because I don't it's know. It's a balance. Yeah. 
One of my notes is just Guts makes it to the top and knocks the captain's brain out of his head. It's like, okay, why did you make a note on that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, oh, oh, that's right. Okay, so that's the escape. So why don't we go into the monster talk and then we can come back to the escape? Because that is actually the comment that is them escaping. So, Rickert, um, so they're set they're They're out in the woods. They're a separate camp. That's mostly like the injured members and people who are probably just a little too tuckered out to go out on this escapade. And so Rickert goes to retrieve some water from the lake or whatever. And he starts to notice things and he notices the, um, the elf looking moth girl. Mm-hmm. And, um, he goes back to the camp and like everybody's kind of gone and he hears like some screams and there's horrible, horrible monsters. So the reason this is worth focusing on for a couple reasons, uh, one is that the anime does, I believe, show a moment from this and then they cut and then you never see whatever happens to record again in the original nineties animation. Um, but so I think right before this, there's a scene where there's a couple, uh, like loggers in the wood, like just a couple villagers and they see like a silhouette of a giant snake man monster. So that's the, ah. uh, th- yeah, that's a throwback to the first apostle that you see in the very first, uh, couple volumes. And then when Rickert comes across all the monsters, there's a couple that are like a bunch of bug guys, but there's a slug monster and it's the, the, the second main apostle. Um, the one that had the daughter. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's where I, I saw a lot of like cool moments of like, oh yeah, this is bringing in the continuity that these guys that we get to see die horribly later on were about to partake in the, uh, eclipse. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the moth girl is, is one of those, you know, interesting foreshadowing because they spend enough time with her that you're like, she seems important. And then she will be many, many chapters later. Yeah. And cha- in uh, the fifth deluxe edition, she shows up a bunch of times throughout yeah. the series until you get to her. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, but then the skeleton knight pops in. That's one of the reasons they probably didn't want to show you the rest of Rickard's, uh, adventure. Um, in the original 90s anime because then you'd have to explain that dude right and he shows up and he's just like y'all don't need to eat this kid fuck off yeah and uh <laughs> and they 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 back off because he's just like you're almost late for your appointment go deal with that um but that'll connect a whole bunch of times with building record record up as being fairly important to the tides of fate mm-hmm. um because eventually he uh after he survives that, he jumps into a caravan, which is where he actually meets Puck. Mm-hmm. Um, and but later on, like as soon as he gets off of that caravan, he sees the outside effects of the eclipse. So yes, end that tangent, and now we can go to the Great Escape. It's interesting. I never, you know, I just think like Rickard is like the domino of that universe. Like he's just the luckiest boy. You know, he yes. just. <laughs> He just seems to be in like it, there's been so many times he escaped death because he went off to go get that water and then the whole camp went down. Yep. You know, yep. and then he. Yeah. So it's just like he's escaped death multiple times. If he was with the band of Hawk when the eclipse started, he would have been gone, you know, yep. but he was yep. off somewhere else. So it's just like every time. Well, and, and I think he had an injury, too. Yeah. His arm was in a cast oh, or okay. in a sling. Yeah. yeah. So that's why they left him behind. So. Well, lucky you got your arm broke, sucker. Yeah, seriously. 
And uh, what I also love is that tonal shift, uh, the moment the apostles show up, because, you know, everything's been pretty horrific, but from a medieval, uh, you know, swords and and battles kind of point of view. And this is, you know, even though we've already seen the monsters in the pre-Golden Age arc, um, it the Golden Age arc lasts so long that you kind of almost forget about it. And even then, General Zod is a fairly presentable monster he's just a big old hairy demon yeah he doesn't look too weird um but then you get sluggo and buggo and moth girl and things start kind of getting into a hieronymus bosch kind of zone mm-hmm. and that's gonna explode all all the hieronymus bosch explodes all over us later on yes this is very uh, true <laughs> hieronymus Hieronymus. 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 I don't know. I'll just go with however you want to say it. That's H bomb. H bomb <laughs> is his name. Um, but yeah, so that 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 shift into that like really deeper, darker, dark fantasy horror kind of thing. I, yeah, really good. Yeah, and there's some really interesting uh, artistic decisions on when people turn into demons and what they look like. You know, like their full demon form. It's just like. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. So now we talk about the Great Escape. The Great Escape. Yes. yes. <laughs> Neither of us have anything to say. No. Well, the funny thing is, so the escape is pretty straightforward, right? So they say he's got, they've got somebody on the inside that's going to help them to get into the tower, to get down to the lowest part of the tower where Griffith is. is. And mm-hmm. they go through this graveyard and they figure out how to, you know, get through the secret entrance because, of course, kingdoms have secret entrance- entrances in case of, you know, emergency pretty much to yeah. be able to get the royal family out. Um, oh, real quick here, I got to mention, this is where we get some amazing faces. This is where <laughs> cartoon face blows up in this comic book because they're in the grave and like got to say i don't think there's actually a trap oh oh there is a trap door and like they all shove it in his face and like pippin can't fit through the uh grave (laughs) and then like they they make it to uh the the meeting place and there's just so many like wacky cartoon faces well there's times where like guts is giving Casca a hard time and she like bonks him in the nose or something and he's like yes you know it's just (laughs) It's such a weird tonal shift for these characters, but like they're all a little bit happier because they're kind of reunited. But I also think because at this exact point, Mira's just like, shit's about to go down so hard. Yeah. I got to give people something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was kind of hoping for that um, after they save Griffith, but not so much. It didn't really not happen. So much. It was just, yeah. just sadness the whole time. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough times. So, yes. yeah. So, I mean, they get to the bottom. Oh, uh, the secret person inside was Charlotte and she's, you know. And she's got her maid who I love. Yes. 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 She's like very nervous, like, fuck, 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 fuck. I'm so fucked doing this. (laughs) Well, and they draw her with like a a very unique face. Yes. You know, like she's kind of got, I don't know. I don't have a way to really describe it other than like, she's kind of plainish, but they overemphasize her plainishness in some aspects, like her nose, and like she makes some certain faces Mm -hmm. that she just is perfect because she's just like i'm so fucked yeah because it's just like charlotte you'll be fine you're the princess but i am i'm so dead (laughs) this goes sideways i kept on 
I think I must have created my own fan fiction too, because I, I kept on thinking that she was making eyes at Pippin the entire time, but she wasn't. No, I was making eyes at Pippin. This is, this oh, okay. is the reread that I realized that Pippin would make the best husband. And in my oh, alternate yeah. world, I will marry Pippin. Yes. I, I, yes, I have big crush on Pippin. And if that means mm. that that is me crushing on Kentaro, because I think like, I think he based Pippin off of him a little bit or something like that, then maybe I need maybe. to marry him. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's my second husband. <laughs> but uh, that burly husband. Yes. Oh, yes. Big burly husband. So I need like, I have skinny husband. I need fat husband. I need burly husband. I need bear husband. I need twink husband. I just need all of the flavors. There you go. Because there there's so go. much beauty to be had, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they... <laughs> They they go into the tower, mm-hmm. and we get that really nice little bit of uh, background world history, where yes. they're explaining uh, Midland Empire was you know founded blah 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 it used to be a bunch of warring states, um, but there was like the one great uh, emperor who united everything, but he was kind of a hardcore guy with a skull helmet. Uh-huh. This is where and you Guts get a little is just history like, on Skull Knight Guy. And he's like, it couldn't be. Could be. Um, and then Casca accidentally drops a uh, torch down the center of the pit, and it lands on a broken ancient civilization empire with a billion skeletons, and they all have a very familiar sacrificial symbol on them. They certainly um, do. That you get so, to know the symbol of very soon after. <laughs> well, you knew it beforehand because it's always burning on Guts's neck. Oh yeah, that's the, true. That's right. Because it bleeds when the uh, the demons <laughs> it's, come by. It's also literally on the front of every copy of every Absolutely book. Absolutely, <laughs> it is. So you know it's important. Yeah. I forget. I forget we read, you know, this <laughs> volumes one and two. It's so over. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> anyway, yeah, that I think that was such a pivotal to get that story. I really like simmered on that because it it's so cool to to see that connection and get that little like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's not it's literally not that much. It just feels like a lot. It but does. it's like two pages and um maybe three. And it's always kind of there now in the back of your head, like, ooh, what's the connection? Was he was he like the proto guts? What's a, you know, da 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 da. Was he the first struggler? You know. Um, well, because he does it mention that he had a Bailey too. Uh, I mean, he must have because he brought about a, he brought about a, an eclipse, right? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. We now we we only are given enough to guess. Ever. That's true speculation yeah, yeah I, I really i just really love that because it's it's that deepening lore thing that we love about berserk so much that we just get these little tiny nuggets and we're like Ooh, yep give me some more nuggets oh i don't get more okay that's okay well and it's it's exactly what like dark souls and blood bloodborne are are born out of where mm-hmm. they're just like here's a little tidbit and you'd get nothing more <laughs> um and they took it to the extreme where the tidbit's not even told to you. You just have to read the inscription of your sword and guess that something happened. Um, <laughs> but uh, so they, they make it to the bottom of the tower. They find Griffith. And he's fucked up. Yep. And uh, Guts uh, Guts takes the helmet off of him, sees what he looks like. And everyone, and then he's like, get back, everybody. Yes. Because he's like, nobody can see Griffith this way. It would just devastate them. Yep. Yeah. And Casca's hit pretty hard. Yeah. Um, because this is them beginning to understand that their their dreams of coming back as a unit are shattered. Um, but they get locked in. 
creepy torture dude taunts them and this is for like some of my favorite gut stuff where you know the torture is like this door is so thick that it's like 50 doors or something you know and then as he's like doing that before he finishes the sentence like the whole fucking door explodes and guts just comes rumming out of it with his sword and he uh kills the hell out of the little guy um like stabs him holds him over with the giant sword holds mm-hmm. him over the pit cuts out his tongue and then tosses him to the pit. And then all the guards come and Guts, like, single-handedly, like, runs up the stairs, which is massive cardio with that sword, and kills the fuck out of people, including the captain in your notes. Yes. So interesting deaths. <laughs> he makes yes. it to the top and the and the captain is like, oh, he's winded and you shouldn't be showing your opponent that you're winded because that's just such a weak spot. And, da, 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 and he's just going on this whole thing. And then Guts just slices his head open so cleanly that his full brain flies <laughs> through the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how did you even do that? He's like, I practice with my sword a lot. So this is also the exact sequence this moment so right before he kills that captain um there's like the lower arrow captain i don't know ranks uh sergeant whatever yeah there were guys with with arrows trying to shoot him as he's like running up the stairs and like the 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 ranking guy was just like he's one man go back and fight him but so uh as guts starts murdering them horribly they all were like fuck this we're running away and you get some beautiful shots of about to die face which is a very unique thing that mira develops at this point in all of berserk which is when something so horrible comes barreling at you that you can only run and you get to witness everybody's final mommy face where they're just like mommy and there's some beautiful faces go back look at those faces and they start to happen more and more often from this point forward because like when wild shows up the, you know, and he's threatening his his soldiers. Like they make some faces. Like the guy behind me is gonna kill me. Run! Yes, the 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 black dog soldiers guys, definitely yeah. have a lot of those faces going on. Between yeah. just ha- de- dealing with wild going off the chain and everything else just going to shit. Yeah, there's yep. a lot of that face. Yep. Yeah. We'll talk more about wild next episode, but um, because he's worth a, he's worth a bit of a chat. I think so. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah, I just I. There's something about this particular moment that it became so clear to me that this is when Mira's just like, I got a new thing. And it's showing you utter despair in the faces of people who are about to die, which he's done previously. But this is a different kind. It's it's the cartoonish, like grown men peeing their pants despair. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's it's weird. But uh, so, yeah, it's they make their skill. way. Oh, it's a special skill. <laughs> special, special skill. skill. They make their way out. Uh, they go back into the underground sewers. And then the king unleashes the assassins. Yes. The Bakiraka. Bakiraka. Who come from the Middle East. And they are seemingly inhuman or, su- or superhuman type uh, beings with really their assassins. They're, they're just so overly specialized. They're kind of described that way, but I they yeah. are mortal, you know. Yeah. But but yeah, they're really good assassin clan that have a lot of interesting techniques, uh, which again you get a little bit different flavor in fighting and strategy um, yes. in the sewers. Yep, yep, yep. The uh, what I like about it too is that so 
they're they're in the sewers they're they're carrying griffith uh on pippin's back and the assassins have the specific order to kill them all but make sure that the princess comes to no harm and one of the assassins is like uh vega from street fighter 2 he's got like the claw arms but he's really really skinny Mm -hmm. like really 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 skinny and then one of them is like a little frog man and he swims underwater and he and he has like a trident. And so the two of them are kind of the main ones trying to take him out at first. But then uh, a little tiny, tiny man comes out of a hole and he's got like a little blow dart gun and he's about to hit Griffith and uh, Princess Charlotte takes the hit. Yeah, and she this is sees like, it and she puts her arm out and gets hit with the, yeah. Yeah, which is one of those just like, oh, sweet. Yeah, she's developing. She's, you know, taking risks. And Very much, that. yeah. Um, but what I love is at that exact moment, the uh, the assassin with the Vega claws is just like, shit. <laughs> and he's just like, time out, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they pause all the fighting and he's just like, got a deal with you. Give her to us and we'll still kill you, but give her to us. <laughs> we will make, we'll make sure, sure that she's, she's okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, for some reason, I just love that. <laughs> just, <laughs> e- even these horrible inhuman assassins have moments like, crap! <laughs> well, because, I mean, the king said we will hunt you down and erase, you know, yeah, yeah all yeah. of you, pretty much. Yeah. And so, they so they're like, that. yeah, so, um, about Charlotte, can we take her? And then, yeah. okay, we'll kill you now. Cool, cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. They give her to the girl assassin. Yes. And then uh, they bring in, oh yeah, Guts kills the little tiny, tiny man with a blow dart really quickly. So he was kind of useless. That, and then, that one has a really interesting panel because he's like, Pew! like he flies in the air and he looks like a little fetus, like flying yes. through the air as a cannonball. And then Guts just slices him in half. And then the next yeah. time you see him, it's just two pieces in the sewer. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A weir- it's a weird panel because I just get this little <laughs> cartoony like, Pew! <laughs> But there's like a, another guy, you know, like a whatever he's very far away very far away and he's launching javelins but at such strength and speed they're like cannonballs yes and this is where judo gets to shine and they turn off their lights which is just like oh now now claw man and frog man can kill us but he starts throwing his little tiny daggers which he was doing earlier and he was doing a great job at the tower and he uh as the daggers hit the sides of the tunnel they they spark and so he's locating the big man and he finally sees him throws off to the kill him at that exact moment he has pippin hit the wall as hard as he can to make sparks and they can see the other two assassins and they kill the hell out of them yeah um it's it's just kind of fun because it's like team dynamics everybody's specialty coming to the forefront everybody being useful and overcoming except there's the woman the evil assassin woman and she has flooded the area with gas and she uh sets up like some powder to to blow them all up and they run away well the interesting thing that happens is griffith sees yes. moonlight coming through and pippin sees that and so then he he uses his warhammer to crack open that area and they jump out and well, someone... no, the, the fire goes up because yeah. it, it over uh shoots them because it wants to go into an open space and uh and yeah that's when uh, yeah and pippin's just like yeah griffith saw it 
Yeah, and everyone's like, what? And it's one of these things where from here on out, you see a lot of Griffith's eyes and looking and the interpretation of what you think he's thinking. You know, you can also see him calculating, like, if he was well, how he would be strategizing right now, what he would be doing, what would he would be ordering people to do, but he can't. So he's just like looking at shit (laughs) really intensely. Which uh, there's also a quick moment I forgot that uh, he has final words with the princess. Yes. Um, which it's kind of funny because I think she still doesn't actually know what the fuck he said. Um, because there's there's she's just like yes his final words to me. I think he said something about our love. Like she she's she vaguely doesn't know it. <laughs> she she says um, that he he says I will come back and what she takes that is is like. I'm going to come back and we're going to be together because she says we'll be together always or something like that. But I swear there's a moment where she's just like, at least that's what I think he said. Basically, she is pining. She's recovered. Um, she made sure that her uh, maid is okay and, you know, the king doesn't kill her. When she's left alone in her room, she's looking out the window and she can imagine seeing Griffith. And she says, uh, I'm sure it's what Lord Griffith said to me. That he would come back. But that's that's still like, she doesn't know. <laughs> She's like, I'm pretty sure that's what he mumbled with his no tongue. And <laughs> in the back of my head, every time he tries to like whisper or something, all I could think of is the... Um, the Ishu Beishu Beishu kind of <laughs> singer, you know? Yeah, we make fun of Coco Rosie with their, like, little baby Ishu Beishu Beishu voice just for people to be on in, inside that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I because I that to me seems like a poignant moment where Griffith is like asserting himself even though he can't talk, and so I'm like, what the fuck did he say? Mm. And even if it if her interpretation of him saying I will come back is true, it obviously doesn't mean to her love or to her arms or something. It means like this is not the end of me. You know, this is not the end of what I'm trying to accomplish. I'm going to come back. I just would love it if there was like a, a, you know, a, I don't think that moment is in the animated movies. And if somebody did like a cut of that where the voice actors were fucking around and like, you know, she's just like, yes, I'll always remember the words he said to me. And it cuts and the guy's like, (laughs) 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 yeah, yeah. Magical moments. <laughs> Magical moments. Wouldn't Magical it be funny moments. if it, just a fan fiction came out and they changed the course of Berserk where they just said, like, Griffith uh, makes a full recovery and he marries Charlotte and they live a happy life. And it's just then it becomes one of those, like, webtoons, like, girly mm. romance comics where <laughs> you have to deal with the ex, like, war veteran and, and you know. I think go go back further and just be the moment where they have sex and he dicked her down so good that the king had a heart attack and <laughs> Griffith became king oh, through the power go. of magic dick. Yeah. Yeah, I'd read that comic. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he and he promoted all his friends and he took guts to the side and he says, Brah, brah, I know you're gonna leave, but like we're already besties. You don't have to prove nothing. <laughs> I just want you to know. That I care about you very deeply. Everybody else is a pawn in my my game, but like I already won with the power of my dick, and <laughs> like I don't need you to be my sword dick anymore. So you can be my bud now. 
<laughs> no homo. Friendship. That's right. <laughs> Friends. And then Casca, Casca's just like, what about me, Griffin? And he's like, you're still my sword dick. You're still. <laughs> now yeah. sheaf that shit. Um, so <laughs> sidetracked <laughs> just a bit there. So basically uh, they made it out. They've escaped. The king executes the female assassin because they failed yep. and they, they hurt the princess. Da, da, da. And uh, the band of the hawk runs away. And even though the king promises that he'll just leave them alone, he sends everybody after them, which uh, will include the wild boys. No, the, the, wild the, the black dogs. The black dogs. <laughs> I just want them to the be wild, the wild boys. boys. I mean, it's accurate. They are the wild yes. boys. Um, and yeah. so what do you say? We save that for next episode? Or? Yeah, because then we can uh, we can go into because I think that this really is where we start off heading towards the advent, start heading to the eclipse yeah. and getting into uh, Griffith's transformation. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. So the king had promised Charlotte that he would not hurt anybody. She goes away and then he immediately calls the black dogs in and then you get yes. a little backstory on Wild. So I think we'll we'll save that because that'll be a good chunk of stuff. A good chunk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, so thank you for joining us in our rambling about Berserk and Griffith's big dick energy <laughs> and uh, all the stabbings and everything. And uh, <laughs> you can find more of my work at trustyhenchman.com. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and you could support me on Patreon. And uh, all the links are up there on, on trustyhenchman.com. For $3 a month, you get my newsletter. There's less Griffith Big Dick energy in those. There's a certain different type of energy. And uh, you should harness it. <laughs> So thank you. And anything you got to say before we go, Nicole? I don't know. All right. Should we just do like another hour of Berserk right now? We could. (laughs) That's up to you. That's true. Well, y'all will have to wait until next time. It'll be a while unless we decide otherwise. And uh, (laughs) we'll see you on the next Berserkening. The Berserkening. And now time for awkward goodbye. Goodbye. I'm not even going to say it. Oh, fine. I guess the awkwardness is that is also stubbornness. (laughs) The awkwardness is the eternal silence you get. That's not eternal. It's just as long as the next episode. It's the reunion of our abyss. Tune in next time. (laughs) (laughs) To your abyss. Ooh. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah.